Matthew 15, verse one to nine. I believe what the Holy Ghost is doing is he's drilling into the more. That's what he's doing. If you watch him carefully, he's drilling into the more. He's getting us to understand the things that will inhibit the more in our lives. Amen. So John, um, John, Matthew 15, 1 to 9, and we read, Then the Pharisees and the scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. Why do you as a church pray in that funny language? Why do you as a church dance? Why do you have drums in the church? Why do you bang the drums so loud? Tradition. Tradition. It's read. For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, and why do you break the commandment <laughs> of God for the sake of your tradition? Think about that. Why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Glory to God. Jesus gives it right back. <laughs> Confronts that lie right there. Now remember, these are the spiritual leaders of the day that he is talking to. They are supposed to be teaching the people. And then he says, For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. Old Testament. Verse 5, But you say, If anyone tells his father or his mother, What you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father or mother. See? Change the word. So for this, he need not honor his mother and father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You don't have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You don't have to speak in other tongues. But if God gave it as a gift, why not? Why would you only take part of what God wants? Why not renew your mind to that wonderful gift of speaking in other tongues? You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honours me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. I'm just very aware. I'm just, for my personal life, I'm just very aware that it is very easy to move into tradition. I'm very aware. You may or may not be aware. 
when I come to this platform, even though I have prepared, I still ask God, whatever you want to do, Father. Otherwise, I get on a roll and off I go. And the Lord's tapping me on the shoulder saying, I just want to get a word in here. I I just see that there's a word I need to bring here. Are you with me? So it's very easy for us to do, go to our secret place in the Lord. Sometimes it's not so secret, but go to our secret place in the Lord and just ask the Lord a few questions and then just get into tradition of kanda bhajanda mananda manda and uh, not really know what we're doing. Amen. So I want you to see this because it's really, really important. Receiving the fullness of our salvation in 2024 will require us to abandon some traditions. Can I get an amen? Amen. If a tradition hinders the authority of God's Word, it must go. So my roast can stay because it doesn't hinder the Word of God. Amen. 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 I had a lovely roast today. My wife's getting to be a better cook every day. Tell you what, amen. She says, I'm not buying that. Well, it doesn't matter. I enjoy the food. Um, So what I want us to do is look at the title again. Tradition restrains transformation. In other words, it can hold back on full transformation. I don't know about you, but I have come into 24 fully expecting God to remove some things and add some things, stuff that I may have added that he now wants eradicated and to add other things. I'm not going to, I've set my goals, God, and that's it and nobody's going to change my mind. Nothing wrong with goals so long as they're saturated in the Word. So we, in transformation, go under marked, marked change. Now, I could put the word in there, radical. And radical is not always what people think, but we're not going to talk about that tonight. We may get about around that another night. But I want you to see, I could say, we undergo radical change in biblical transformation. And we're going to look at this. So when that transformation comes, it's characterised by an independence. Now think very carefully. As a body, we are interdependent. Got it? This is not an English lesson. This is a biblical truth lesson. As the body of Christ, we are interdependent. Because we are body, we depend on one another. But in this context, In this context of transformation, it's to bring us to a place of interdependence. I mean, sorry, of independence. So that we depart from the traditions that we have known. 
See, if you know, if tradition takes on many forms, it's in education, it's in families, in many, many forms, and it becomes our safe place. So as soon as the Word comes and tradition comes, we have to decide which one we're going for. You understand what I'm saying? It's extremely important that we understand this because traditions speak to culture and customs. Not customs at the border, customs that we do. As an English South African, we have certain customs that we were raised with that I know other race groups within South Africa weren't necessarily raised the same way. Are you with me? How do I know that? Because I've been around the other cultures and I found out they don't believe everything I believe or do everything I do. They have a different set of customs. However, those customs are not to usurp the authority of the Word of God. But very often they do. And so I was, um, I was having a conversation with somebody the, the other day and I was making reference to my English culture because my grandparents came from the United Kingdom and um, my mother was very steeped still in those traditions of British lifestyle from her mother. She just picked up and carried on doing it. And one of the things that I said to my mother, and then this is no reflection on the British, but it's just a reality. I said, you know what, Mom? When you say, because she would say to me, we don't do that, we are English. What does that mean? Well, to me, that just eventually, when I got born again, I realised it sounds like stinking pride. And I once said to my mother, you know, Mum, I think we're actually very prideful. She said, don't you dare say that. Hello? Come on. Now that will inhibit, you keep that thing in your heart, that will inhibit the liberty that you should enjoy in the truth of God's Word because that will usurp the authority, and that's what the Pharisees were battling with. Because it's very easy to default back to culture and customs. If we're not living by faith, we then pick up the old man. Please get this, family. As soon as we stop living, you see, because faith is a verb, it will require of us to know more of God and less of us. Now, in the process, the Word reflects and tells us who we are anyway, okay? But the mirror, let the mirror, let the Word do the mirroring for us. But we will then neglect the transforming power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So if we believe things like, and we don't as a church, but I'm just going to put it out there. No, the last healing went out with the last apostle. 
If we pick up on that tradition, obviously we're never going to see any change. So I want us to take a quick view on a key role model that I, and I'm sure you would agree, a, a person who abandoned every tradition. In the Bible, he abandoned every tradition and he embraced transformation. Go with me to Philippians. So you let this word work in your heart and you have a look and see where this may be taking place in your life as you go for more. You see, tradition will inhibit the more. Remember, I'm in the New Bible, so I'm, I'm navigating through these, these new pages which want to stick together and all those things. We're going to Philippians 3, and we're going to look at verse 4 to 14. This epitomizes abandoning tradition, culture, and custom. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised, he now starts showing his culture his tradition, his religious tradition, circumcised on the eighth day of the people. Have you ever considered this? And this is no reflection on the denomination. I just want you to think. If somebody says to a Catholic, uh, what are you? Do you believe in you? I'm Catholic. <laughs> Wendy, you're an ex-Catholic. Well, you're still a Catholic or whatever, but now you're born again in the Spirit of God and you... But that's what they, they don't say, I'm a believer in Christ. Because it's a culture. I said to my mother, what are we? You're Methodist. She didn't say, you're a believer in Christ, because she didn't know that, neither did I. <laughs> so just stick a name on them. Tradition, Methodist. What we didn't realise was the Methodists had all the power once upon a time and then traded it out for tradition. I stood in the pulpit where John Wesley preached some of his greatest sermons. It didn't look like this. It was wooden benches. And he would preach for hours and they would stay. Because it wasn't about religious tradition. It was about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Circumcised on the eighth day, he's giving us his credentials. Of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. Now, if you know your Bible, you know this is a man that has arrived, that he can say these things. A Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee before he knew Jesus. As to zeal, I persecuted the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. Imagine saying that. Have you read the law? <laughs> he says, I'm blameless. 
But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Can we take hold of that truth? Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake, I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Have you noticed he keeps coming back, not to his tradition, not to his culture, not to his denomination, but to Christ. Isn't that amazing? And be found in him, not his reputation, be found in Christ not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. Now, wait a minute. He just told you he's blameless. In other words, he never sinned under the law. I don't think there's another man that made that statement. But that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So the righteousness in faith cannot survive if tradition continues to dominate our decisions. If our culture dominates our faith, our faith will give way. Hello? Hello? That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and may share His sufferings, becoming like Him in this death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. What is He saying? He's saying, I have laid everything that made me a somebody I've laid it aside for the transforming power of the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word. And that through that, I may make the resurrection and the life in Christ. I mean, the man is just simply amazing. So if you ever want a role model, there are others, but Paul, this passage of Paul speaking and laying down anything that would hinder the transformation of the Word of God's power in his life. That is essentially what he is doing here. And the same man they tried to kill so many times and they couldn't kill him. Till he was ready. Till he was ready, he said, I've run my race, I'm ready to depart. Imagine that. Isn't that amazing to be able to say something? So we're a new creation. All of us know that. Not all of us live it. 
We are a new creation if we're born again in Christ. But I want us to watch tonight that we don't perform the Word minus the deed. You see, you and I can confess we are a new creation. But where are the corresponding actions of faith? Where's the transformative power of the Holy Ghost in our lives as new creation in Christ? Remember that word new is not in age. It's in a freshness. It's meaning that our lives are fresh. Come on, how many of you really enjoy opening the fridge and taking out the brown lettuce and its leaves are hanging and saying, now I'm going to have a great salad? How many of you know that's not freshness? Come on, family. Come on, I won't go any further because I'll upset somebody. This new means we unimpaired. Why don't you think about these words? We unimpaired, full of energy and vigour, to hell with sickness. This is Bible. Full of energy and vigour, hence you here tonight. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and make His face to shine upon you. (laughs) Amen. Not weakened, not damaged. Did you hear that? Tradition will cause damage. Tradition will weaken your resolution to see things done. I'm not talking about even going to the ministry. I'm just talking about living for Christ every single day and influencing those who come around you. Now, here's the danger. Tradition, now you bump your neighbour and say, you need to listen now. He's just about finished. Bump them again. He's just about finished. Listen. Tradition invalidates the Word of God. Did you hear me? That is extremely serious. Tradition invalidates the Word of God. That's why it is so dangerous. And that's why Jesus dedicated a number of verses to speak to the Pharisees about tradition. You cannot think more if you're thinking about upholding tradition. You cannot think of more if your culture is upholding and restraining the transformation that wants to take place in your life by the Word of God, because the family won't like it. 
come on, do you want me to go to the scripture that says, I didn't come but to bring division? This is the Bible. When it invalidates the word of God, what does it do? It deprives us of the inherent creative force that's resident in the Bible. So that when we're not feeling peaceful, we can speak. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, you said, Lord Jesus. Your peace you give to me. Not as the world gives. I'm not looking at the circumstances, Lord. Do I give to you? Let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. Amen. So if you're going to allow tradition to restrain transformation, you're going to be the unhappy one, not me. I'm happy. I am. I'm happy. I would love us to be running foster, including myself. I'd love us to be further down the road. Yeah. How about 2 Timothy 3, 5? Having an appearance of godliness, tradition, remember when religion moves in, and we work through the traditions of our religious denomination. The, but denying its power. The Bible says in the English, what? ESV. English Standard Version. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I've been in the New King James so long. Smart on the front desk, yeah. I hope you didn't hear that, but it sounds like you did. But even I can break tradition. ESV. I went hunting for my Bibles, my Lord. I said, Father, this is more place than I can deal with. I, I didn't realise I had so many Bibles in so many places. I thought, let me try and put them together so that I can work out of all of them, all the different translations as, as and when directed. But the Bible says, having an appearance of godliness but denying the power, listen to this in the English Standard Version, avoid such people. Avoid such people. Well, for the sake of peace, we just, just stay here. But those things are getting on you, those burrs of unbelief, doubt, they're getting on you. So, unfortunately, the church has people who view conversations regarding the power of God as offensive. I'm a pastor, I get challenged on these things. That's what I'm telling you happens. 
when you start saying, but you have the Word. Yes, but let's not get ridiculous and go overboard now. Ever heard it? What's that? Starts in tradition, where they were taught. The Word of God doesn't have power. It's a religion. I don't know how long ago it was, but I heard I was watching a, I was watching some kind of a documentary and I heard the man saying, have you ever considered that most of the wars are caused by religious people? Think about it. Think about it. What was the Irish war about? Religion. We can go through history and see. What were the Crusaders about? Religion. We can go on and on and on. How did the Anglican Church get formed? Because the king wanted to get divorced and the Catholic Church wouldn't let him. So he made his own religion. Called it the Anglican Church. That's why it's so similar. Come on. So Jesus said in John 8, 31 and 32, he says, Jesus reinforces the Jews and says, if you stay in the truth, you'll be free from tradition. That's what he's telling them. If you stay in the truth. So God, who you associate with. Now, I want to stress, not judgmentally. So we're not talking about being an elitist group. The Bible told us to go and touch the world. So that's not the context that we're speaking of here. But when we're with people who simply will not hear, who reject the power of the Word of God, what fellowship have we with them? We can still pray for them, but if we hang around that hard-heartedness, let me tell you, family, it will get on thee. And one day, that seed of doubt will suddenly shoot up. Something will happen that will be, well, I don't know. You know, now that I think about it, and that's the beginning of the seed because of wrong associations. Amen. I like to call it this way, we're of a tribe. So, Associations obviously can be beneficial, but they can also be extremely detrimental. It all depends on the biblical viewpoint of the association or the associate that you're involved with. What is their biblical viewpoint? If they're going to spew out tradition upon tradition, upon culture, upon custom, etc., etc., then you want to just be praying for them and move on. Because you're not going to win people by arguing with them. The Bible says don't dispute. Okay? So, if there's tradition, and there is, I don't even have to take a show of hands because I know we all grow up with various types of tradition. As a family, we don't do that. It's a tradition. It's a culture. It's a custom. 
Are you with me? But lay it down tonight and allow the transformation power of the Lord Jesus Christ's Word to really continue radical change. I want to use that word because yes, it would apply to political parties that often viewpoints are, I don't know, somewhere in Mars. <laughs> That's why they coined the phrase radical. But I have been repeatedly called radical. And all I do is love Jesus. But I won't compromise. And so I get tagged. Is that the right word? I get tagged. I'm really getting good at this stuff now with this social media. I get tagged as a radical. But they don't even know what that means. Because there's an upside of radical. It means non-compromise. There will be no compromise. 